Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. I am blessed again with Helen. Helen, with see that she's <laughs> never okay. here. So Helen, her name is. I've been here the last few weeks. <laughs> um, so I went to the VA to get my eye checked out uh, Friday. Yeah, Friday I had my eye appointment, and yeah, it's a it's a cataract in my right eye. So I'm going to have to have surgery to get that taken out. When are you doing it? You need to do it quick. Well, um. I think pre-op is like October 18th, and then I think it's like the very next day. Which oh, is, yeah, which that's is, right. We got to go through all Which is ultimately my birthday. Well, so, that would be a great birthday present for yeah, you, I'll being be able, able to see, to see again. again. You know, the thing is, is it's my my predominant eye. Yeah. So, um, in order to be able, my my left eye still doesn't want to take charge, even though no, I never will. I've no. I've got the same and, um, issues. So I have to physically close my right eye in order for, to be able to see something. No, night driving is horrible. It's hard yeah. to read. You'll be very happy once you get this done. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be back to normal. I'll be able to see the board, and I'll be able to see what what, what he's texting me because I can't see anything now. He just texted something, and I don't know what the heck it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll just keep plugging on. So – um, you know, sadly, I, I was, you know, looking around Facebook and we, you know, we uh, link up with people who, you know, are in the same struggle we are. And, and I, it, it seems like every single day someone's losing their child or someone's losing their mother or someone's losing their cousin. I know. It's not getting any better out there. No, it's you know? not. And it's, and it's a scary, scary place to be. And, you know, the... The worst of it all is a lot of these people that we're losing have had time. They've they've volunteered to go back out there and, you know, um, re-experiment. I mean, I, it, it wasn't any good when I came in. Why would I need to go back out there and see if it's any better now? Well, you know, I experienced that with my daughter. You know, she uh-huh. would be in for a while and then... For no particular reason, would go back out, and I wouldn't know initially that you know because I thought everything was fine. She seemed okay, but then as time progressed and and you know it picked up as it does, mm-hmm. you know things start disappearing in the house. You know she's erratic. She's not telling me the truth, and and that happened I, countless times. Right. You know in in the rooms working the program out of the rooms being crazy. And it got to the point eventually where the time out of the rooms was much greater than the time in the rooms. And I'm, when I say the rooms, I'm talking oh, about the lengthwise. rooms of, yeah, of AA, yeah, yeah. NA, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. you know, all of the anonymous programs. Right. And well, part and, of and that you was, you know, there, there's a little bit of shame involved with going back and in, admitting over yeah. and over and over again that you've relapsed, and there are people who are human and very judgmental in these mm-hmm. programs, and and I, oh, yeah. I don't want to say they they gave up, but in in some ways I feel like they did. Well, I, I don't necessarily know if they ultimately gave in. People that are people that are judgmental, um, 
it's it's conditional when you come in the door and they're they're looking around the room for a victim right you know um and you know fortunately enough i i learned early on because because where i lived there weren't many um meetings for for either fellowship well there was there was an established uh, AA but there wasn't there wasn't that much established NA meetings we would have to drive so ultimately while we were learning how to stay clean and flopping in and out there wasn't a stable environment of people we became that stable environment of people and fortunately enough we, if we saw a judgmental individual, we had the ability to be able to say, hey, you know, allow this person their journey. Right. Don't become part of their journey. It's not yours. It's theirs. And, and you know, uh, we had a, a friend of ours, a very good friend of ours, that um, every time he would come in, he'd stay for 30 days, 60 days, however, and he'd go back out. And he'd come back in, and one of our, one of our friends would kind of like berate him. Mm-hmm. And um, but that was a friend. That wasn't. That was right. You know. And you know, there there is a fine line between you know being judgmental and being tough. Yeah, and and ultimately, um, Rick told him. He said, you know, it's not you going out there. Uh, are, are you? jealous because he keeps going back out and and the guy had to sit and think and say maybe i'm overreacting because i want some of what he has but you really don't right you know and ultimately sadly he came back in and he has something that uh you know he has the gift that keeps on giving so um you know i i don't i don't know um, you know, you can only love somebody when they come back in. Right. And you know, I remember, I remember with with her, there was a there was an, an issue um, behind that because people just don't know. I mean, you got to remember the people that walked in that room. Every single individual that walked in that room was not well. Right. Every individual was sick, and we all we all progress at our own pace. Well, like you say, it, it it's a personal journey, and it's it's one that you take alone with the support of the group. And if you can't, you know, if you're not ready, it's just not going to happen. But at least you have a little bit of time away from it. So, you know, maybe it keeps people alive longer so that they do have time to get through it. It just, you know. Yeah. And sometimes the rooms aren't. You know, the, the anonymous programs aren't what works for people. There are all kinds of different ways to get better. But I think it, it starts with a decision by the person with the, with the problem that they don't want to be this way anymore. And, you know, maybe something happens or maybe they just, I don't know, I, I guess you guys get obsessive thoughts that just pop in and say, go on, right. now, or whatever. But, you know, I have watched, particularly with the opioid crisis, people going in and out. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to have to take a real quick break. Um, we need to uh, attend to equipment. So we will be back in a moment. Dial 866-472-5792. 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Ready to transform your health and your world? Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back and hopefully clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it sounds okay now, so... So we were talking about we were talking about um, bouncing in and out, and and that's really not a that's really not a subject that I wanted to get on, but somehow we we ended up being there um, because you know for me th- that's how I found my way. Um, no, I was going to say you bounced in and out. A little bit, didn't you? Yeah, I mean that's how I found my way, but I wouldn't recommend that for for people. You know, I no. mean it's it's not really it's not really that great of a learning experience because I, I don't know countless friends uh, did it the same way I did, and they're not here. You know, that's the bottom line. I mean, we started we started with talking about about losing people, and and um, you know, the sad the sad reality is 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 this disease isn't getting any better. I mean, the 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 more words we put out, the more 
the more people are on airwaves, the more people are on TV, the more people are talking about it, it seems like the disease just ignores it and plows through. Definitely plows does. Plows forward. You know, and, and it's not at a stage where when I came in, one stepped out, another one stepped in. Now it's like one steps out, five step in, right. if not more. You know, and um, well, and, and the meetings are full, and yeah, the rehabs are full, and but the rehabs love that. Oh yeah, well, once the pill mills left Florida, the the rehabs moving in. You know, come rehab in paradise. Yeah. So you know, the crazy thing is, is the millions that the millions that they stole dispensing pills. Now they turned it into rehab exactly. facilities. It's crazy. I mean, oh, it, it, I don't <clears throat> know how these pills are still getting out there. They really tightened up on them quite a bit. Yeah, but I'm sure that they don't they don't regulate it as much as well. In Florida, you can only get a prescription for like three days now. I mean, people who claim they need it for pain are having a fit. Yeah, I, I don't pay much attention to it. You know what I mean? I didn't. I only paid attention to it really when I was working for that uh, for that lab, and we were doing uh, toxicology assistance with with some of the um, some of the pain doctors. And and I know at that time they gave it all like candy. Um, right. And I know but that they're they were not really doing it. that anymore. Yeah. They can't do it. So I don't know. I don't know how the stuff is still getting out there, unless it's coming over from overseas. You know, places like China. Russia, you know that what is that called crocodile? That, oh, that well, that's yeah. Yeah, that comes from Russia. Yeah, and a lot of times it comes through Canada and comes down that way. Yeah, I don't, but I, don't, I mean, I guess it. You know, where there is a market, and obviously there is one, people are going to find a way. Well, yeah, I mean, we we consume the world's drugs, so yeah. well, of course they're going to have to be, you know, found here somehow. Well, the fentanyl is still a problem. I just saw in. I don't want to say just some random city, but I just saw that they they uh, like a whole truckload of it, like that could kill the world. Oh yeah, yeah, and they just busted them with it. And where did it come from? Did anybody trace it back to its? I don't roots? I, no. It just was just this was just like a half. Yeah, I know it was easy to get in Mexico mm-hmm. at one point in time, and again, you know, a lot of this stuff is not even coming from the U.S. Now, the drug companies have a big part to play in it. There mm-hmm. was a, I think it was on 60 Minutes last night, they were talking about, you know, how many millions of pills, OxyContin pills alone, were shipped to Florida, you know, before the crackdown. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not one single drug company executive has ever done a day in prison. But They're putting it? doctors in prison. They put one doctor in prison for 157 years. Mm-hmm. They have done nothing with the execs. You know, the, the um, Purdue Pharma... Right. That that was the original producer of OxyContin that did the false still, advertising that lied still, to the doctors. They're still pumping it out the door. Not like they did. I no. don't know anybody that can but get a prescription also, they're for that also, now. And, and somebody will probably tell me I'm you know I'm an idiot, but they're also uh, responsible now for putting money back into uh, the recovery community. I'm sure it's not as much as what they're. Pushing out the door in 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 pill quantity, but I know that they were regulated to put money back in. I, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, we were looking for funding for the show mm-hmm. and for them to do a commercial or something, but we didn't fit within their guidelines at the time. 
because they weren't as restricted as they are now. They, they, they're responsible to put money in. Now, that's not a commendable thing when you're making a billion dollars off, uh, off of a pill and you're putting uh, $100 million out into marketing or whatever, into showing, hey, you know, we're trying to do the right thing and show that we're not, um, you know, that, that, that's a, you know, for lack of a better word, you're still pushing the pills the out the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's the bottom line. They're still pushing the pills out the door, and people want them. I don't know why, but people want them. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I know why. Uh, yeah. But, you know, the sad thing is, is that um, they get you nowhere. Right. You know, I mean, they, well, they get you really nowhere. Yeah, nowhere fast. Underground. Yeah, it's very sad. I saw the overdose statistics, and I think it's now up to 176 a day. It was That's 144 crazy. a day two years ago. That's so I mean, crazy. it's just more and more and more. Yeah. And, you and, know, all the first responders have to carry Narcan now. Yeah. And in almost every town, in almost every town. Which is which is fair. I mean, I know that people probably go kicking and screaming, but when I was actively still, when I was still actively working, um, I know that we showed up to quite a few overdose scenes and we just tried to keep the person breathing yeah you know because we didn't have anything to be able to pull them out of um that state that overdose state and now you know all it is is that silly little pen i mean is there anything really wrong with doing that no absolutely not no and it's not expensive no, I, I don't know how much it is per pen, but when you buy them by the yeah, it's really from what I understand, it's not because in some of my groups they've recommended that you get them just in case. I mean, I, I do know someone whose son was in jail for a long time. He got out, he was doing okay, and then she just got a feeling one night and got up at two o'clock in the morning and went in his room and he was blue. Wow! And she called nine one one and they came and narcaned him and. Got the police, and of course he went straight back to jail because he was on probation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if they took him to the hospital first. I hope they did. Yeah, they they have to to get it medically yeah. cleared. Yeah. But and I'm I'm not sure what the outcome is. You know, we we also have the the jail issue that's always bothered me how how we legislate addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, it's 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 definitely not a deterrent because you when you go in and you're unschooled for lack of a better term if you're if you're out there and you're using and you do something you get caught and you're really not yeah you hadn't you know, been there yet a man a woman or the streets uh, you definitely learn you learn to be a better addict who the people yeah well and you learn who people are yeah so I mean well, we all know that you know once once somebody once an individual leaves jail and they're not really interested in staying clean they're trying to find the people that they were with because right. they were because those they, were they've already or, talked about how yeah. you uh-huh. know how to get it you know how much better their yeah, connections well, we, are we know, all of that. Well, we know firsthand about one of those stories right oh yeah yeah oh horror yeah show. it is a horror show yeah. and it, it 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 is being perpetuated uh, you know I, I really I see stories sometimes about you know let's change legislation mm-hmm. let's you know well like they did in California let's not let's not make it all illegal unless oh, you've like got Freddie huge was quantities saying it's yeah all, like yeah. Freddie was yeah, saying yeah. Uh, but you know which, in other places where this is how they make their money for the county yeah. they're going to continue to lock them up and it doesn't really help yeah but I, I'd, I'd like to know how 
successful California is with that um, decriminalizing. I think for them, they were just the courts were overloaded and they couldn't handle it, so they decriminalized. It was a money issue. It's always a money issue. But didn't you say that you get a ticket? Yeah, you get yeah, a ticket. So, so then you don't pay the ticket. Well, then you and probably then you, get a bench warrant, and then you know you get caught, and and they give you another ticket. That's what he said. Yeah. It just kind of goes on and on. I guess if you get enough warrants, then they might drag you off to jail. But you know their jails are for real criminals, not people who are sick. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's too bad, yeah, you know, there's no way that you can regulate uh, treatment to work. Right. You know, you can regulate yeah. treatment, but you can't regulate well, it to work. If they would make them drug jails with treatment plans and protocols, yeah. it might help somebody. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it may, if, you know what I mean, if the, if the whole environment was, well, but, but then it would just be a lockdown detox. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So. I don't necessarily know if you know, if that's helpful or not. Yeah, yeah. who knows? I, I don't know. I know um, I don't. I know that I didn't. I know that there was nothing that was going to change me until I wanted to. Right. So it doesn't make a difference. I would have walked through that wall if I if I had to. And coming out the other side, all beat up and busted, it wouldn't have made a difference. That was where I was going. So um, there was no. There's no real deterrent. Maybe that just. I mean, I don't know how many how many people that have been in jail, prison, institutionalized, that had zero desire to stay clean in day one and day whatever have pulled a complete 180. I don't know um, statistically if they could even they could even find out what that is. They probably couldn't. And the the influences when you're inside kind of tend to go against that because you're there Mm -hmm. with a bunch of other addicts and you're talking about using and you're talking about all the stuff you did when you were using and how to use and, you know, all of it. So the environment that you're in just perpetuates the disease rather than helping. I, I think you could be in there and think, I don't ever want to be here again. Maybe that would do it. Yeah. And, and that, and that starts, that starts you. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. And I know, you know, there was there was one jail my daughter was in where they had a drug program. And you had to get accepted into it. And yeah, but she got accepted like three times and yeah. still didn't want to go. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. But the last time there, you know, I think she said, I've had yeah. enough. I don't want to be back here again. Yeah, you know, I want to do yeah. something with my life. And she did. Yeah, no, very much so. Very much so. And, and you know, that's 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 what, you know, if that's what it takes, then I guess – Every day of heartache was worth it. Yeah. But. Well, you know, it's been a while now and it's kind of, you know, my mind is eased somewhat. Probably, Mm -hmm. you know, it can change in a moment and we know that. Oh, with anybody though. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean. mean, I I know for me if if, um, I chose to use, I would shatter people's worlds. Yeah. Just by doing it. Because and, well, and so would she. Because yeah, well, that's yeah. Be, because I'm uh, I'm so far away in other people's minds right. that that's who I would revert back to. But the reality is, I mean, 29 years clean, and today's still a good day to get high. So whose mind am I? Whose mind am I really blowing? I'm not blowing mine because I would make that conscious decision. I would become a volunteer again. Right. You know, gratefully, I don't want to do that. You know, and I, and I put the proper tools in place so that I won't. 
But you kind of, you know, when you first started, I'm sure you kind of eased into it. If you did it now, it would be a conscious decision. I'm going to do this because I want to get high. And at that point, I think it's just a complete dive. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's running full tilt right into it. And, I, you know, I have seen that with alcoholics with, you know, 20 years. Yeah. All of a sudden decide, you know, I'm going to have a drink. Yeah, but what's this one drink crap? You know what I mean? So what's this one shot crap? What's this one pill crap? You know what I mean? You can't do it. No. What, why why half step, you know? So is that what you call it, half step? Well, I mean, I just use that term because, like, I mean, you know, like they say, when when you get clean, half stepping prevails as nothing. In other words, you know, if you don't have your whole heart into it, right? So why would I be faking it, using? I would step right back into it the way I left, and that's why they say you get worse. When you choose yes, to pick back up, I've heard and, that you know, too. I mean, because the, the disease progresses yeah. in your body, whether you're using or not. Yeah, yeah. I can remember somebody saying I that just, to me. She I hadn't just, had a drink in forty years, and she said, "If I took a drink now, it would be like I'd been drinking for forty like years. Like I never left." Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. Wow, it's yeah. it's such an such an odd group of symptoms that come together to make up this disease of, <laughs> <laughs> of substance use disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was looking at something and someone else, um, and it was it was a pretty well-known individual, and I forget who it was, but they were they were in this substance use disorder realm of of uh, thought process. And you know, eh, I'm okay with it. I just I just have a hard time with with um, half stepping prevailed as nothing. Now, if I want to um, not own who I am, what I am, what I am doing, and use words that are foreign to me, and kind of okaying, you know, like like stepping away from the addict in me and saying, "Oh, I just have a substance use disorder." It's kind of, I'm kind of cheating myself. I respect everybody and anybody that wants to say however and whoever, however they want to classify who they are, how they are, and how they live. Um, but for me, my, uh, constitutionally, I'm a New York Giants fan. I don't wear a San Francisco 49ers shirt. Right. So you're a hardcore. I'm a football fan, right? Yeah. I'm a football fan, but I'm not going to put on a different jersey other than the Giants. I'm not going to put on a different jersey other than the Yankees. That's that's what I do. I I, I'm, I, I wear my uh, Marine Corps stuff, right, or Irish stuff. I'm not going to wear a Portugal shirt, right? Right. Although I grew up with a bunch of Portuguese people, right? So my constitution tells me that when I claim myself, I claim myself as an addict. Now, if that if that was a... If I had a substance use disorder and I, you know, um, I was definitely disorderly when I was using substances. So, yeah. But to. Well, if you wanted to get really specific, you had an opioid use disorder. Right. But to water it down in my thought process is like putting on another team's jersey. 
And I understand that there's a huge debate about the terminology right now, and and the people who are for watering it down, calling it substance use disorder, or you know the specific substance, you know opioid use disorder, alcohol use disorder. It's the people, it's the families. It's not the people who have the disease and have recovered from it. Mm -hmm. It is the families because they are trying to reduce the stigma attached to the disease, which, you know, it's been around forever. But isn't that, you know, isn't that some form of enabling as well to try to, to try to, uh, well, don't what, don't get me started on no, enabling. That's well, not a term. Want, maybe not enabling. <laughs> maybe it's it's um, uh, codependency in a way where, oh no, honey, I don't want to call you an addict. You have a substance uh, use disorder. No, I think it's more of a public perception of addicts as bad people that are immoral instead well, of cares? people who with a brain well, disease. Yeah, we are bad people. Yeah, but we're not bad people when we don't use. Right, exactly. And and you are classified as a bad person for the rest of your life. Because you're an addict, whether you're using or not. Right. Oh well, he was a drug addict, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, 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 oh, I know. Oh, he was an alcoholic. Well, I know. For me, I would never. And you know, you know they say it in a derogatory manner, even if you've been clean for, for you know like twenty that, years. That would be used against me twenty nine years later. Oh, of course, it would. They're going to drag up but, everything you ever did. Right. And 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 you know, I would stand tall and say, yeah, that was me. Yeah. But but I have the arsenal to be able to. Um, refute everything you know for for my own yes that was me and but that's not you know what i mean that's not me that's today that's not you that's today not and you, I, you know you've you you've know? overcome it and gone beyond yeah. it and helped a lot of other people do it as well right. but you know it's hard to get a job you know if you have a history yeah but well i mean how would if you went to jiffy lube and uh, they say there's a gap in time, and you go, yeah, I was, you know, I was out there, and I was, I was struggling with with drugs and alcohol, and and um, you know, I, I go to meetings now, and and you know, I, I put my hand up and say I'm an alcoholic or I'm an addict or whatever it is, whatever meeting I go to, whichever one I claim, whichever one I own, um, and they go, all right. <laughs> There might be a job down the street for you. Right. But if you go in there and you go, yeah, I have a substance use disorder, they're going to tell you the same thing. You're right. You're exactly right. Yeah. I, so. I think it, the other thing is that, you know, it is an international classification mm-hmm. that's calling it that. It, it's huh. used around the world. I mean, and they also, changed the terminology. There was also an international um, gathering last month. Uh, in Orlando, I saw that for Narcotics Anonymous. So addicts from all around the world came to Orlando. Addicts from all around the world. I don't so, think you're going to get the. I don't, I don't think the terminology will change. I really don't. I think no. there are. It, it's ingrained in our culture. It's been around for a while. I don't know when the term alcoholic was coined. I really don't. You know, that might be something interesting to look up. But, you know, they mm-hmm. they are used in derogatory manners. Uh, well, yeah, they can, They do carry a negative, yeah, a negative they connotation. They do. But, you know, something on my side of the fence, when somebody says they're a recovering addict or a recovering alcoholic, it carries a positive message to me. It does, but some people see it as a weakness. That's okay. I'm not concerned about yeah. those people. If I was concerned about those people, I'd be dead right now. 
Well, I think again, it's the family members who are trying to save. If I was the, concerned about who my are family, trying to save the addict and save the alcoholic, which of course they can't, but you know, the, so they want to the, ease their pain a little bit more by calling it something else. I get right. It. I, I, if I was if I was worried about what others, family members, friends, community, you know, whoever. Um, but as the family member, you're judged. You know, the family is judged as well and found immoral and incompetent and whatever else you want to say. You know, you must have been a really bad mother to have a kid like this. Oh, she was. No, no. <laughs> I'm only kidding. We, got, we actually, just to change the subject real quick, um, we moved her back up to Massachusetts. Oh, is she doing good in her new place? Uh, We're talking no. about Ray's mom. No, she's still at she's still at uh, my brother's house. Oh, really? Well, I am sure that it will be an adjustment, particularly with the weather getting chilly. And in a place like uh, Massachusetts, it's going to get chilly early. I guess she complained the first day that it was too cold. Oh, Chris, did she really? Yeah, Chris I had the windows too. open. Oh my! I can't imagine having windows open in, in September. Well, Can you? no, I mean it was it was. Um, you know, we're, we're going to pick this up on the other on the other end. We're uh, we're about ready to go to break. Uh, dial eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you tired of the healthcare system only treating your symptoms and never addressing the root cause? Discover how integrative medicine can resolve health issues through dietary and lifestyle changes and the use of natural supplements. Increase your energy, memory, mood, immune system, sexuality, and more. Join Dr. Sunil Pai and Maureen Sutton to help you take back your health with natural evidence-based solutions. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you figured out what to attract in your life in order to make it successful? There are those who can and those who can learn. Your intensified energy gives you willpower to move the bar forward and be happy. Happy people spread their energy throughout their lives, and once they figure it out, go on to be successful at nearly everything they set their mind to. Join host Ellen Morano and her panel of guest experts and co-hosts on Generate Massive Energy for a Fulfilling Life, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health and Wellness. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We got the power to change the world. 
your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. So, yeah, we were talking about uh, moving my mother up to back up to Massachusetts from Florida. She called me yesterday. Her house sold already. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was put on the market. Um, Can't be more than a week or two. No. I, I, the, the guy sent me the, sent me the paperwork to DocuSign on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. So that means it didn't really go probably on paperwork until Wednesday. That is amazing. Yeah. Five days. Well, where she lived is pretty popular, so. People bought it from California. Really? Picture, just seeing the pictures. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it is. Uh, the Villages is a, um, I mean, I, I guess folklore tells you that it's a, a, a crazy community. I mean, we, you know. You, oh, you yeah, know. I read a book about it. <laughs> yeah, about the Villages? Yes. Yeah? There is a book that was written by a reporter who spent some time in the Villages and, he didn't really have good things to say about it, but um, it's it's an interesting concept. When you know, it's for older people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go down and they yeah. And they they have all kinds of activities, and apparently some of the activities are not really yeah, right. nice ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing one thing that I did notice, and and um, it's a beautiful community, and it and it keeps growing. But one thing I did notice was. Um, and this may be with with everything and 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 every and anybody. Um, she got older hanging around with older people. Really, she was younger hanging around. She was younger, but she left. She was younger. I mean, when she ultimately left Massachusetts, she was younger than today. Right, fifteen years ago, fifteen sixteen years ago, she she left. But it seemed like when she progressively hung around with people who were sickly. She became yeah, sickly herself. So maybe that would be tough. Maybe getting her back up north, and yeah, it's going to be a little uncomfortable with the thirteen below. And yeah, she you might know. decide she wants to come back. You uh, never well, know. then she can rent. But um, you know, I, I, it blew me away that the house was sold that quick. That's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. But you know, for certain people, and you know, I might be one of them myself. I. I would like to live in a community that's organized and has activities and, you know, stuff to do every day. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I work from home. I don't want to have to sit in my house all day and all night by myself. Yeah, no, but you would love it there. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, I would love it there because there's there's, there's so much. Yeah, I mean, uh, they get a newspaper in it and in all the different communities, like, I think she went to see, she got out of rehab and she wasn't supposed to. 
she wasn't supposed to be going anywhere. And the next day, she was going to see the uh, the Fifth Dimension. Oh, really? Yeah, they and they played in the afternoon. Gosh, I saw the them community. in 1971. Yeah, you know what I mean. So uh, there's things like that. Yeah. All, you know, yeah. all the time there's book signings with, you know, famous people and and government people and, you know, so there's always something to do there. And it's a and it's a complete golf cart community. Yeah. Um. Probably pretty safe. I bet they've got a lot of security. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're not going to see a lot of little kids running around because I think that's a no-no. No, but no, I, they, they, you know, but but you don't in my neighborhood either. If I see a kid, it's like, wow, there's a kid. Yeah, I mean, I see him here, but it's you know, they take my they take my boat out in the water. Yeah, and, yeah, that's cool though. You know, at least at least somebody's using it. Oh, there you go. But um, yeah, no, you know, and 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 in that in that community, um, I used to go to when I worked for the. Um, toxicology company we had a doctor who whose office was right in the villages and he did the um, uh, he prescribed opioids but he also did the um, what do you call that in the back the needles oh yeah 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 Um, Um, the epidural injections yeah yeah he he did that and he did it with a machine it was the wildest thing like you set a machine on the back and, and the machine the computer would find right where the needle needs to go in. And then doesn't it do like an ultrasound picture yeah. of it? Yeah. Yep. I've, I've actually yeah. seen that done. Yeah. And, it's and pretty it was, scary. I wouldn't want yeah. to have to have one, but I think if you're in enough pain, yeah, it's a good way to do it. But at least this doctor opted for, and maybe because he was working with the elderly, he opted for the epidural or whatever that was called over medication. Right. Now and he, most of the pain management doctors do that. A lot of them are anesthesiologists. Yeah. So they, you know, they have the expertise of going into the spine correctly with the needle. Right. But um, a lot of them also prescribe pain medications and, you know, the cocktails. I, I actually have a friend whose husband got hooked that way because yeah. he went to a pain management specialist who also did other things. And he probably only needed a knee replacement, but instead they put him on, you know, like three or four or five drugs. Yeah. I mean, and it's sad when, when we're in the mind frame of, oh, he only needed a knee uh, replacement. Yeah. Uh, that sounds brutal. But anyway. Well, yeah. it is brutal, yeah. but, it, you know, the pain is temporary, whereas, you know, yeah. for years now he's yeah, not been I, able I to kick this. I know guys that I was on the, on the fire department with that went out for – X amount of months, had their knee replaced, healed, and came and back to work, crawling around in in eighteen hundred degree heat, you right. know, in a fire. So, it's definitely temporary unless you want to capitalize on it and zombify yourself. Right, unless you yeah. are one of those people who can take the stuff and can't stop. We are a, we are a um, class of people. Americans that uh, that opt for um, drugs over um, a little bit of yeah, toughing pain and it work. out. Yeah. But I think there are more people who have come to the understanding that these drugs are dangerous, and just because yeah. they're prescribed to you does not mean that you need to take them every six hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually I had a foot surgery one time, and this was. Mm, 14 years ago, maybe. So this was before anybody knew how dangerous these drugs were. They gave me Vicodin. And he told me, take one every six hours. 
you know, just take one every six hours. He didn't say, if you have pain, take one. He said, take one every six hours. So I took one when I got home, and then I took one six hours later, and then I started throwing up. Mm-hmm. I can't take them. They make me sick, thank goodness. But can you imagine if I had taken it for five days, every six hours? Yeah, you probably would have felt a little funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it has to be. That you know, I mean, there. I I know people who have taken medication as prescribed, um, and after the prescription's gone or halfway through, they throw it away. But there has to be some kind of chemical alteration, right, going on. Well, the funny thing about my situation was I didn't take it, and I didn't have any pain either. It wasn't hurting. It wasn't because I didn't need it. Right, right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think they do because it's coming from a doctor. In your mind, you say, yeah. In, well, in, in your mind, you go, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't, yeah, it, it hurts. Yeah, but I mean, I question everything, everything they say now. And I look up any drug that anybody that I know has prescribed to see what the side effects are. Right. Because a lot of times they're very dangerous. You know, and the, and that's the thing that, um, you know, when when we were kids and my mother, you know, being a nurse, um, she she would say that you know a doctor's word is gospel, mm-hmm. a priest's word is gospel. So we put you know they that put them on pedestals and pedestals and and um that was you know what a doctor says goes. So there are a lot of people today that still they have still that, think that have that mentality you know and and um well you know, and doctors were purposely misled by the drug companies. Yes. You know, yeah. this is not addictive. Because they knew what their mark was. They knew that they knew that the the masses would listen to what the doctor had to say. Right. And yeah. And and they advertised, you know, drugs could be advertised, mm-hmm. so they started advertising it and it was a complete and utter lie. Oh, and why are you giving me this cruise? Yeah. You know? So Or how about that little, you know, golf party we had or, yeah. you know yeah. I think now they used to bring samples and I think they they're not allowed to do that anymore it's changed a lot yeah. they can't even give out I mean, pens it took a long time yeah. but you know I think people are starting to get it but that doesn't mean that these same drugs are not getting here illegally there's and that's another what's way scary. around it yeah sadly and you know again as long as there's a market there are going to be people who bring them in. You know, a lot of heroin came in from Mexico. Yeah. And still but is. is. The, is and they don't seem to be able to shut down that connection at all because, you know, if they arrest a bunch of them and deport them, then more well, just keep bringing it over. I mean, even just the simple, just this, that one individual, that El Chapo, how many how many tunnels that he had yeah. dug into. So what's the wall's not going to work for tunnels, but, you know, I think, I think, um, thinking on the on those lines, we need to absolutely do something because it's just like way out of control. Where you know a truckload of fentanyl was 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 just busted. Oh, yeah. I, I think saw it was in the something Bronx that, that you know a flake of it can kill you. Yeah, and there's can a you imagine? Yeah, how did they even get it on the truck? That's a Thousands scary thought. Yeah. You know, I've heard of dogs dying in the back of cars because you know they. Mm-hmm. You know, got some on them. Yeah. You know, from somebody who's using in a car. I don't. I just. I don't know. You know, people say education Why is. Why would you intentionally want to do that? That just. I, it blows I my know. mind. But you, you know, know, they're they're talking about we need to educate kids. They've had drug education forever. Yeah. That didn't work. 
You know, they, they've had the police officer that comes in, the D.A.R.E. program. They've had Just Say No. Yeah. Well, we had, <laughs> believe it or not, they showed us Reefer Madness in fifth grade. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you, yeah, and you thought you were going to go crazy, yeah. right? You, you look at that. You watch that now, like on a Saturday. Oh, it's Saturday hilarious. morning. It's funny, yeah. It's hilarious. and But, you know, back then it was kind of scary because we didn't know anything about marijuana. You started hearing stuff on TV, but we were yeah, little but they kids. Didn't, they, also, they also had no backing at the time. And, and we have... We have like serious mounds of proof today, and I, I don't. I don't necessarily know if I noticed. Uh, I saw on Facebook, of course, or show, social media, that uh, my old high school started a um, a class or a a um, school organization for kids who have been affected by addiction. Oh, really? Now, it's not necessarily the using piece, but they have a loved one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a suffering. great idea. So that's cool because it's starting them um, in ninth grade. Yeah. And we all know that a ninth grader, if they're, if they're living in an active environment, um, they're more susceptible to. Yes, they're they're definitely than, more susceptible to yeah. becoming an addict mm-hmm. themselves, because first it's of all, fail. it's normal. It yeah. you know to them, and I'm saying normal with quotes. It's normal to them to see people high. My use, um, the way I used, I I very easily. Um, I introduced my youngest brother to things that he probably shouldn't have seen, right. that he didn't need to see. So, um, looking back, if he ever chose the life that I that I led, I could understand why, because he was looking at his older brother, who his oldest brother, and um, you know he was going to follow in his footsteps. I mean, gratefully he didn't, but. So why wouldn't a family member, the a young family member? So I think that that's good that they're putting that uh, program in place. I was gonna lo- I was gonna look into it and see if I could get one of the teachers to. Oh, that's a great idea. See if they'd call in and talk yeah. to us because I know, because the, funny, know the funny thing about that school is a vocational school. So uh, yeah, I can't count to ten properly, but um, all the people that I went to school with. Are all the administrators and teachers today? Oh, really? A lot of them, yeah, yeah. So, I might be able to um, get somebody to be able to once the program gets going, to maybe we can talk to somebody and find that out. That would be really yeah. interesting because I think something like that would have helped my son, who felt like he was right completely ignored right. and pushed to the side mm-hmm. for years and years and years. Plus, he was scared for his sister, and he didn't like the way she was acting, and right. you know, he was embarrassed, and mm-hmm. you know, we lived in a nice neighborhood, and there were always cops in the driveway, and yeah. Or an ambulance or two, you know, just horrible yeah. things. Right. That, right. You know, how do you process that as a, as a kid and watch your parents going through this and mm-hmm. suffering, and then feel like, well, what about me? Yeah. Then you do the same thing. You act out in another. You act yeah. out in a different way. Yeah. A different negative way, and and um. It's just it's a horrible way yeah. to grow up, and I, you know, when I think back on it now, I was so obsessed and consumed with her disease and trying yeah, but, to save her. You know. Y- 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 we all need to take responsibility for for our life and for our actions, but um, you can't wear what someone else chose to do. 
You know what I mean? No, like but you, you again, you are judged. And, you know, there's there's all this judgment out there. And when you're a kid oh, yeah. and you're being judged and being found wanting or your family's weird, you know, it's hard. Yeah, no, absolutely. You so know, you become uh, weird you know, as well. Yeah, you just jump right in, yeah. People can't spend the night with you yeah. because God knows what's going to be happening at your house. And it's it's not a good way to grow up. And, you yeah. know. The I, funny thing about our house when we were kids, there were seven kids. And at any given point in time, there was no there was no keys to the house. We didn't yeah. have a key one to the house. So at any given point in time, one of our friends were there waiting for someone to come home. So like, oh, so your friends are hanging around well, in your hey, house. A kid, a kid for you. could almost stay in the house for a week, and my yeah. parents would never yeah, even know. know. My you house know? is kind of like that too. Yeah, it, but you can't really do that anymore. It's kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, maybe not. It's maybe you know, it's better that we keep an eye on on uh, where our kids are, but. I mean, I I loved the freedom that I had when yeah. I was a little kid. I could twelve blocks away knock on someone's door and ask or just for a glass in. of water, or, or can I call my mother? Or yeah. you know, or if your mother's but, looking for you, she starts calling different spots yeah, in the neighborhood. You can't do that now. No, or actually, where we were, it was kind of all over town. Are they there? Are they there? Right, no, I right, saw right, them walking right. this way. Nobody yeah. worried about us, and we we didn't get in trouble. But now it's. I don't know. The world has changed, and it's a scary place. Yeah, and and you know, I think I think what we need to do is we just need to make sure that we keep up our our um, positive front, our positive uh, reinforcements, and also um, the positive image that we portray. I mean, granted, people people probably still drive down the street. I mean, not here; they don't know who I am. But if somebody saw you at the mall. They would probably say, hey, there's a lady with a crazy daughter. Yeah. Right? But that's okay because um, at that point, it's on them. I mean, because you have walked past that. Right. You know? Yeah. I I'm, I don't mind being judged anymore because it doesn't hurt me. Right. It doesn't hurt me. Right. It's their ignorance, not not mine. Well, I guess that's about all, all the time we had tonight. So, um that went by pretty quick, even yeah, though we had to take yeah, technical like, difficulties, sporadic breaks. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll end with with miracles in recovery. Hope is in your corner. That it is. Have a good night, folks. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.